You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the makeup department head for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Linda Dowds, and the hair department head, Stephanie Ingram. Tammy Faye, what'd you do? Hello, Mother. This is Jim Baker, my husband. <laughs> it's all part of our mission to help people. Anyone who's hurting or they feel like they've been left out, God has a plan for us. What did he tell you to do this time? Jesus keeps a ticking me higher and higher. Jim will preach and I'll sing. Higher and higher. God does not want us to be poor. Not your fall of pleasure. Now God has a voice in this fight. Who's he fighting? Liberal agenda. Homosexual agenda. Faith isn't political. You can't talk to him like that. Jerry Falwell is a powerful man, Tammy Faye. She's a firecracker, Jim. <laughs> If everyone watching could double their pledge just for one month, God loves you. He really does. We're not doing anything wrong, though. Is that a question? Tammy and I are undergoing the most vicious attacks. Serving God don't feel like it should be a money-making opportunity. You know, when I saw that clipping with my face on it, I thought for a second that you were proud of me. Oh, Tammy Faye, you follow blindly. In the end, all you are is blind. These eyes. I just want to love people. The devil's coming for me, Tammy. Can we talk about Satan later, Jim? Steve is a patient of AIDS. I can't look at this. You need to get her under control. I built you an empire. You built you an empire. Some people, they're just hurting so bad, and we just need to love them. I want to put my arm around you. And I want to put my arms around you, Tammy Faye. <laughs> For it, looking in the rearview mirror of my life. This is who I am. Well, Linda and Stephanie, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to, to talk with me about your incredible makeup and hairstyling work on the eyes of Tammy Faye. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning. The Bakers were both pretty well documented, of course, no <laughs> shortage of images and video to pull from. Yeah. Can you both take me through your research processes for transforming the actors into their real life counterparts? And where did you start when you when you were brought onto the film? Well, I think for, for the makeup um, end of things, um, I did a lot of research. So we, um, the, the film is based on the documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And so that was the first stop was to watch the documentary a couple of times. I then also watched all the old footage of the Christian Broadcast Network, the actual PTL episodes. There are lots of interviews with them. Um, for example, there's a Nightline interview with Ted Koppel. There was um, Larry King uh, interviews. And then I did a lot of research on eBay as well, grabbing all kinds of images and online. And, um, and, and pulling that all together. And we had, not only did we have Jim and Tammy, we had other cast um, that represented Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson. So the same process applied for everyone. And it was super important while we were filming that we had these iconic moments that we did try to match very carefully. 
So we were all very much in sync with um, looking at, for example, there's a Steve Peters interview. We had that interview. We tried to match everything as closely as possible, the Ted Koppel. Um, and so basically uh, Jim and Tammy um, gave us a lot of information <laughs> and showed us the way on a lot of stuff. And for you, Stephanie? And with regards to um, my research, I actually started Googling um, pictures in the different eras. And then I watched a bunch of the DVDs. Um, it was just a matter of getting the proper videos because there was certain things that we wanted to match like directly the way Tammy Faye was in a specific scene. Um, the end in the 90s when she takes the fall off and shows her short um, sparse hair. We watched that um, frame by frame to get it exactly the way that Tammy did it. So it was basically it was a collaboration because what Linda did was she had a lot of information, but then she did boards with um, the main cast and then photos of who we had as the cast and who we we um, we were matching. So there was lots of uh, there was lots of research and it was right there, like at hands reach and we had it up. So it was great that that uh, Linda taken the time to do that. But it was it was beyond there was like Linda said, there was so much information. It was just like, where what are we using <laughs> for the film? So it was it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Well, Linda, mm -hmm. Tammy Faye is known for her. Uh, shall we say, somewhat overdone makeup. Um, <laughs> we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> so in your role, how do you find the right balance between making her makeup look authentically unappealing um, without making <laughs> it look like your makeup work is poorly done? Does that make sense? I do. I understand you perfectly. Um, there were some days my hands shook a little with the excess blue eyeshadow. You know, it was a little hard. Um, I think for us, the really key thing was we're, you know, there's a whole generation of people who only know Tammy Faye images as the caricature that we saw on late night television um, on the comedy sketch shows. And um, it was really important to us that we didn't cross that line into caricature. So I think that was the biggest challenge in terms of where we went. Um, and, and hopefully um, the goal was to get to the line and to never cross it. We played with a lot of different lash looks, but Tammy Faye also told us what she used. Um, so we used those specific lashes. She also um, didn't always remove the bits of lashes in the evening. She just slept with them on. So sometimes we um, we used some of the ones we had on the day before because they were already mascaraed up. So I think that was the key. Um, she shopped at Target. Um, she shopped at uh, drugstores and bought all the, the makeup from there. And that's also what I did. So the whole purpose was always to be as authentic as possible, use as much material as we could that she used, much products. Obviously, some things were discontinued. Um, and obviously, I can't use things that I purchased on eBay. Um, but we had them there for inspiration. They sat on her dressing table or in a purse. And then I found the equivalent of or the closest thing to in texture and color and all of that. And um, so um, I think that's, you know, authenticity was the key. And there were days where you, you sort of look and you go, have I got this? But thankfully, Jess is an amazing collaborator and say, Jess, where, what do you think? Are we here? 
or once the costume was on, you saw something that allowed you to do a little more. Once the wig was on, um, you know, we had the prosthetics team, which was great. And so we had a very collaborative effort and everybody was there to watch each other's back. And so if you had a little moment um, where my hands were a little shaky <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a lot of blue <laughs> or, oh, yes, another coat of mascara on top of the six we've already got. There was somebody there to just bounce it off and say, hey, are we good? And and so I think that was for me, that was um, incredibly helpful. Uh, Stephanie, the film spans five decades and Tammy has such a wide variety of hairstyles throughout the film. How difficult was it to keep up with uh, her ever changing looks? Well, the nicest part is, is that we did um, like take the time at the beginning and decide on what color wigs we were starting with, where we were going, and the styles, um, like Jessica and I talked about it. Um, so I basically just started getting them ready, like, and in, in the pictures that I saw, so I was using that, and then Jessica would see it and say, yes, that works, or no, that doesn't. Um, it, it was a lot, like, in the 80s, when she had all that, <laughs> that big curly hair, I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't really achieve it with one wig. So I ended up actually sewing two together in order to give it that volume, at the, you know, all around. So that was, I mean, it was just tricky sometimes but it, and challenging, but matching the colors or just the blondes, the difference in her blondes, like she used um, frost and tip um, and, on one of the wigs, the shorter of the blonde with um, dark roots, I actually use frost and tip to get that lighter blonde in it. So it was, I mean, like Linda said, we all, we all had a hand in everything. And Jessica is always good at, um, if she doesn't, if she's not happy with something, we're given a little bit of extra time to try to fix it, you know, like, because the, the short red wig, that played at the very end before she takes the fall off we tried something on and it didn't work so then I had to go back and start another wig and create the color and take hair out like hair by hair just to get that um the sparse look and then adding the the fall to it <laughs> I I, I guess I was kind of a little bit exhausted and I was like I can't I don't know how to add this and then I took five minutes and walked away and then I came back and I just did it and I was like oh wow there it is. <laughs> so it's, it's just a matter of constantly creating in your head how you're going to get to that look or how you're going to have to set it to, to style it. Um, and like her hair bands and all that stuff was very authentic to 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 the periods. Hey there, I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. 
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. How did Tammy Faye achieve that that the 80s look that you were talking about that you had to sew two weeks together? How did do you know how Tammy Faye achieved that look? Was it just her her real hair at that time accentuated with with wigs or what was the situation? Well, the thing is, in those days, they used synthetic wigs, so they had a lot of hair in them. And you could basically just put your hands in it and push it up and it would give you the volume because it was so heavy and, and the hair was, well, felt like not hair. So when you're using a, a human hair wig, it's, you got a lot less hair in it. So you're not going to get the, you're not going to get it to sit up like at the base. So that was the only way. And then I perm, um, I set it in perm rods. So it would give that curl. And then uh, when it got put on every day, I took the perm rods out because it was set every time it was worn. Um, Jessica would just run her hands through it. So it was hers. So yeah, it, that kind of, I mean, that's part of the challenge and part of the creativity and just being part of what, what an amazing film with awesome people all around, like Linda and Justin and Mitchell and myself, we all work together, like Linda said, and you know, you can't ask for any better than that. And then having great teams on top of that. Uh, well, and Tammy Faye, you you all did an amazing job of of making Justin and Andrew resemble Jim and Tammy, and still letting the actors' personalities shine through and the performances shine through. In fact, Jess gave a quote uh, about acting with prosthetics. She said, "People think it's easier, but it's not. You have to reach through the makeup. You can't let the makeup be the performance." Right. So, when doing prosthetics and 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 also wig heavy work, how do you make sure those elements don't impede performances? I think, um, you know, we had a prosthetics team, Justin and his team from Fractured Effects. So they did the prosthetics. So I don't want to speak for them, but I can, um, um, I can share um, something that I've heard Justin say and, and, and know, and I'm sure you could get more information from him. But one of the things was when early days of testing, it's really key to figure out what those elements are and those pieces. And you have the opportunity then to figure out how much of um, the, the, the actor you kind of let shine through, how much is pieces um, and to work that balance. And I think those guys did a great job with that. And again, it was with a lot of collaboration with Jess. And so I think there were those elements and then combining beauty with prosthetics is also not an easy task because the materials you use with prosthetics are not the same as you use with beauty. Um, there's a different texture, obviously, to the synthetic nature of uh, prosthetic pieces. Um, and so it was working closely with the boys to allow, and this was, you know, in Andrew's case as well, but allow, you know, you want, you want to see it looks like, like skin. And I think there's a dewiness to skin that when I'm working on any makeup, I love that and I want to see that. And so we work to find a balance to get that dewy look to something that wasn't skin 
And, um, and I think, and we played with materials and we found middle ground on stuff and we, we shared information. So we got that sort of balance. So I think from, um, from that perspective, it allows the humanity of a, what the actor is going to bring. So what Jessica or Andrew or any of our, our cast brought, and then we're giving the other elements that fill it all out. So you have costume, you have um, the wigs, the hair, we have the reference in front of us. And as long as we're all moving in that same direction, I think that's what allows the performance to also shine through all of those pieces. It's, um, and, and I think that, um, I think they did a beautiful, beautiful job. I mean, that's, it's, it was a lot of work and it was a constant, um, um, they worked constantly on getting the dialect and all the elements and we all watch, all of us watching the, ma the material, so. Yeah. And and understandably, so much of the focus of this film has been on Jessica Chastain, her incredible mm -hmm. performance as Tammy Faye, but also Andrew Garfield is phenomenal in the film. Brilliant. Uh, especially yeah. Yeah. for someone who looks perpetually so much younger than he really is um, and <laughs> yeah. still still making yeah. him look like he he ages throughout the film. So how yeah. difficult was it actually working on <laughs> on Andrew's looks for the film? Andrew started with us. Um, so we basically designed the looks for Andrew. It became apparent from my department's um, perspective that ultimately Andrew had enough prosthetics on that basically he had it, his forehead was the only bit of skin that uh, you know, that we saw. So it made much more sense for the, um, the prosthetics guys to do his complete makeup. And then um, I had the facial hair made for him. So all the sideburns, which is, a, you know, a significant part. And then, um, and then Stephanie, you can speak to how there was a different transition for hair. Because um, sometimes when you get into a project, once you see, ultimately, you want to do the very best thing for your actors. You want them to be, you know, you want to A, take away some of the time you can that they're sitting in the chair. B, what's the best process? What is it that's going to give it, um, every, you know, the right way for everybody to achieve what they need to achieve? And so we adjusted as we went. And after the first week, we implemented some of those changes. Um, so I think um, the boys in the prosthetics department were the ones that kind of um, handled the brilliant work they did on um, Andrew and then Steph, sorry, your the hair element. Yeah, so with regards to um, Andrew's looks, as we were prepping him, um, you know, before he started the film, um, we were working on pieces and they weren't working. And I realized that I didn't have enough hands to do all the wigs that were required for him. So, um, just want to acknowledge Bryson Connolly, who came in to take over. Basically, he he start he he did all the designs for for Andrew's wigs, and applied them and took care of Andrew. So it really gave me um, a lot more space to work with Jessica's um, wigs, and also I I did design her mom's and her dad's piece, and Falwell had a piece and. All the other wigs in the um, show, I actually styled and then passed off to my lovely assistants to um, take care of them for the film. Well, you have both worked so closely with Jess for a number of years now, um, and this is clearly one of her most transformative roles. What was it like, just as somebody that you've worked with for so long, what was it like helping her find this character and watch her transform into Tammy Faye? 
We were originally, this project was going to, um, you know, we were going to be working on this project a few times <laughs> and it kept getting pushed. So we, Tammy Faye lived with us and, and, and Jim Baker, um, they lived with us for a little while. So we would kind of gear up and we'd have these conversations and we'd look at pictures. So we had, we'd started building reference a long time. And then because we work with Jess, we have the, we're in a fortunate position where we can always be discussing. So we were on a project before we actually began shooting. So it allowed us um, the, you know, the ability to have all those dialogues. So we really are able to kind of fine tune. And we, um, you know, we, we have worked with Jess for, I think, 16 projects now. And um, every role she does is so different and so unique. And we never, you know, you can never get bored. Um, it's a really creative process. And I thought, um, and we watch her work and, and I'm not saying this because, um, you know, I work with her and, and feel a, a need to, I do think she's, she's just an amazing artist and it's a privilege to work with her. And we all work um, together very well to give her everything she needs, you know, to, um, to help her bring that to life. And I just, I, I do really believe the performances in this film are, are, they are transformational on so many levels, and um, and and I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting. <laughs> I'm rooting for them all, <laughs> and particularly Jess, and you know that she's being so acknowledged. And um, yeah, and and you're you're both acknowledged as well. You know, um, landing on the Academy shortlist for for best makeup and hairstyling. So congratulations for that. We're definitely rooting for the film and um, can't wait to see where it goes next. Um, I'll let you both go. I know you're on set. Uh, anything you can tell me about the project that you're that you're working on right now? Yeah, we got another Tammy going. So we're doing the George Jones and Tammy Wynette miniseries. And uh, and it's with Michael Shannon and Jess, of course, is Tammy Wynette. Uh, we're currently looking for a third Tammy project since we, we seem to be on a bit of a roll. Um, so if you've got any ideas. <laughs> oh man, I wish along. I did. I wish I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and this one is a, as I say, a mini series. So we're, we're in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina for a little while and uh, it's all, it's, it's excellent. It's yeah, a lot of fun. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for your work. Best of luck as you continue. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing this next project. Thank you so thank you, much. Daniel. And thanks for the interest in all the work. It's so much yes. appreciated and stay safe. Absolutely. You as well. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Bye, Daniel. Daniel. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the makeup department head, Linda Dowds, and the hair department head, Stephanie Ingram, for the eyes of Tammy Faye here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The Eyes of Tammy Faye is up for your consideration in all categories, including Best Picture, Best Actress for Jessica Chastain, and Best Makeup and Hairstyling at the 94th Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right.